Oh, it's fun, you know. It's fun to honor in that way, and there's such honorable people. Well, I want to mention um, two things to you before we dive into our series um, called Seek More this morning. And I also want to say to you, you might be here and you're a guest here this morning, and I just want to say that the verses that we're going to be looking at today in God's Word, I believe that they're going to really speak to your heart because we're going to learn some, some things about who Jesus Christ is, and then we're going to see how those things then go right into our lives and how they impact how, how we live. And so I'm really excited for where we're heading. But first, I want to mention just two things to you. The first one, and we're going to be talking more about this uh, in the days to come, but not this coming week, but on Monday, Jan- uh, yeah, Monday, January the 22nd through Friday, January 26th, our staff is going to be fasting and we're going to be praying and we're going to be asking God, God, would you do immeasurably more in our midst? God, we want to, as we go into 2018, we don't want to take our foot off the gas pedal, but God, we want to see you do more and more in our midst. And so I want to invite you, would you join our staff? So that, that's the week of the 22nd uh, through the 26th, Monday through Friday. Um, Rob mentioned we've got a night of worship right in the middle of that. Um, but would you join us? And, and fasting simply means this. Fasting means saying no to something that you like and replacing that time w- with seeking God. Uh, you might fast TV, you might fast Netflix, you might fast food, you might fast dessert, uh, you might fast coffee, though some of you would be so crabby, you would be very ungodly, so maybe don't. I'm really going to think about that one myself. Uh, but it's, it's basically saying this, it's saying, God, you are such a good God and you want to deliver so much in our lives that we just want to say, Lord, hit the pause button and we want to say, Lord, uh, we want to pursue you in a significant way. We want to say no to something we like and replace that with seeking you because we know the kind of God that you are. So I encourage you, would you uh, consider uh, joining us for that? Again, that's January the 22nd through the 26th. And then lastly, the, the second thing I want to mention is this. You know as a church that we've been talking more and more about our desire to continue to grow in becoming a more ethnically diverse church. And um, I'll be honest with you, we thank God uh, for the progress in that. And that is a desire for us because we know that our God cares for all people. If you read the scriptures, you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is the teaching of Jesus Christ. And I think if there was ever a time for followers of Jesus Christ to actively be the first to exemplify what it means to walk across in your personal life any racial divide that you would ever come against, ever come upon, I think as followers of Christ, if there was ever a time when that would be appropriate and the right thing to do, I think that time is now, that you and I would be so quick as Christians to befriend and to embrace people that look different than we do. I think that time is now. Um, tomorrow, and rightly so, our country is going to honor and celebrate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. And um, I just want to ask you tomorrow, would you take some time, and would you pray for our country, and would you pray for our city, and would you pray for our church? Would you pray that we would see people as God sees them, and that we would celebrate the beautiful picture that God gives us? And then if you have kids, I would encourage you, would you do this? Would you pull them aside for just a moment maybe tomorrow? And would you say, you know what? We just want to talk to you for a second. I want to make sure that you're clear. God cares for everyone. God cares for all people. We want to pour that kind of a message into the next generation. And so Brookside, I just want to thank you. Um, I want to thank you in advance, and I want to thank you for what you're doing. I want to thank you that you're taking this to heart and you're being a people 
that you're creating a culture around here. It's beautiful where every skin color and every ethnicity is enthusiastically welcomed and honored in this place. And so I thank you that you're creating that kind of culture here. Well, as I said, this morning, uh, we're going to continue on. We're in part two of our series called Seek More. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at just nine verses that I think have the potential to not only inform our hearts, but they also have the potential, I think, the teaching of God's word this morning might take you back to something that you stopped believing was a place that you could go. I think this morning through the teaching of God's word, you might begin to believe again that God could accomplish something maybe that you've written off or maybe that you had never even considered. And so what I want to do is I want to read to you our entire text and then we're going to pray uh, together. So would you stand with me actually as we read God's word together and, uh, and then we'll pray together. So yeah, verses are up on the screens. Let me read this to you. This is from Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. The apostle Paul writes this. He says, for this reason I kneel. He's on his knees and he's praying for this group of people that he cares deeply for. When you're on your knees, you're serious, right? It's a big prayer. The stakes are high. He says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, like like right to the core of your being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, being rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp like to get your mind around how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know, like to really experience this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. And then he says, verse 20, now, like in light of all of that, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, we're gonna camp on that phrase today, To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, the more than we can request, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me. Lord, we just pray that this morning our ears would be open to your spirit. And so God, would you teach us through these verses God, would you cement in our hearts some things that are true about the character of God that impact the actions of of us, how we live. And so, Father, we just lay this time before you, and we trust you with it, and we have great expectations for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as you know, in this series, uh, we've been looking at Three different prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed in that one book, uh, the book of Ephesians. He's praying these for a group of people that he dearly loves, that he dearly cares for. And one of the things that we see in each one of these three prayers, we see different words or different phrases that really capture the theme or you could say the essence of that particular prayer. Uh, Every year when our our family goes on vacation, at least for the last 10 years or so, we go in the summers usually to my folks have this little cabin in eastern Iowa on the lake. And so we go there for for a while, and it's usually at the end of a a ministry season for us, kind of an end of a ministry year really, and it's kind of a reset time. And each year on that vacation, I ask the Lord, I say, Lord, would you give me a word or a phrase? Lord, would, would there be something that would just really be able to drive and influence the way that I think about my family and to think about the church over the course? of the coming 12 months. Maybe you've had that experience before. Maybe you've gone through a season of your life 
and you've sensed that God is just laying on your heart one particular thing, maybe it's even a phrase like this, just trust me. You're going through a hard time, just trust me. Or maybe something as simple as this, keep going. And it's that word, persevere. Just persevere, I'm with you. Or maybe it's this, love. You're going through, everything is kind of crazy around you and the Lord's just saying to you, just be known by love. In the midst of all of that, you just be known by love. Or maybe it's be patient. Just keep being faithful day in, day out. But if you ever have that, a significant word or phrase that the Lord brings to your attention and it drives you, it brings you good focus, it allows you to stay passionate and focused on the things that matter most. Today, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed by the Apostle Paul because he's going to give us one of those powerful phrases. And over the course of the last year or so, these last two verses in that whole passage that we just read have become pretty special to us as a church, particularly two words in those verses. And so let me read these to you. These are, again, the last two verses. This is after the prayer, at the end, right at the end of the prayer. He says, now to him who is able to do, here it is, immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to not our power, but his power that is at work within us. It's like it's in there. It's working. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. What I love about this prayer is this. The Apostle Paul is writing, likely in chains and likely in prison, but even though he's chained up physically, his mind is free. The Apostle Paul's mind is so free that he's saying, okay, when I reflect on who God is and who we are in light of who God is, I realize that we should ask or we should imagine that God would do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, that we should keep pushing in, that we should seek more, that we should press in. And what you're going to see this morning is this, that the focus of this prayer is all on God's power that it's God's power that is bigger than we tend to think. When you think of God's power, what comes to mind? The Apostle Paul wants to push whatever that idea is of the power of God and what he can do in and through you. The Apostle Paul wants to blow that up and say, no, it's much bigger than that. And so throughout this passage, it comes up again and again. It's the essence of where he's really going. God's power leads to immeasurably more than we can ask, but even beyond what we could ask, what we can even imagine, the creator of our imagination is saying, I can do more than you can ask or imagine. That kind of power. You know, shortly after Christine and I moved to Omaha, a friend of mine, I got to know him a little bit, and, and one day he said, you know what, uh, I've got these two motocross motorcycles. He was really into motocross stuff, and, and he said, I want to take you out trail riding. And I was really excited about that because I had grown up with little mini bikes and, and I thought, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, and so I get there and he's got all the gear for me and then he shows me the bikes and I was surprised he was going to trust me with one of them because these were like nice. They were souped up big motocross bikes. And so I get on the one that he's got there for me to ride and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to ride this thing around in the open field a little bit before we get to the trails just so I can get a little bit comfortable with it. And so I get into first gear and it's, it's going good and, and then I get into second gear and I thought to myself, you know, I bet I'm at about half throttle. I wonder what it's like if I just crank on this thing real quick to see what it does. And so in second gear, motocross bike, KTM, I'm, whoa, I hit it. And all of a sudden that back wheel dug into the ground and that front wheel came up and it was like, whoa, for a while. And I, as quickly as I could, I got off of that thing and I was like, whoa, I had no idea the kind of power that I was sitting on. I believe this morning that the Apostle Paul wants us to see, maybe even for the first time, the kind of power that God has. That we don't worship a God, that we just take our relationship with him casually. 
but we worship the kind of God that he is powerful, that he can do immeasurably more even than we can ask or imagine. I think it's oftentimes true that we don't ask too much of God. Would you agree with me? I think oftentimes God would say, I would love for you to ask more. I think God would say to his church, I would love for you to press in and to expect more and to desire to see more in our city and around the world through the, the message of Jesus Christ. I don't think it's that we ask too much. I think it's that we often ask too little. And Paul's going to push us this morning with these verses. You know, when we went into 2017 last year, we prayed and, and we said, God, would you do immeasurably more in our midst? And as then we approached Easter, we sent out this video, and I felt this nudge from God to share these two verses with you. And I said to you, I said, as we approach Easter, I said, would you pray big prayers? Would you pray to the God of immeasurably more? And would you ask God to do more in the lives of your neighbors and your friends than you can even ask or imagine? And then we saw this. We had this big outreach event. Thousands of people came, blew our minds. Sunday morning comes, Easter Sunday, 68 new people walked into the waters of baptism. And we stood back as a church and we said, that was immeasurably more. That was more than what we could have asked for or imagined. God, thank you that you did that. When we built the care center, we said this. We don't want to just build a big, a big, nice building over there. We want to build a place, Lord, would you do immeasurably more in the hearts and in the lives of people? then we got to October and we said we gathered together all ages right in this room and we had a night where we just worshiped the God we said the God of immeasurably more that's the kind of God that he is and here's what we're finding every time that we're willing to acknowledge who he is and we're willing to begin to pray these big prayers do you know what our God tends to do he tends to answer them and it makes us want to ask even more often, God, would you do immeasurably more in our midst? Lord, we're not going to write off that, that, that relationship. We're going to keep going. God, we're not going to say no to this. Lord, we believe that you can do immeasurably more. And so these verses have been on our minds. It's actually why we planned this sermon series in Ephesians. And, and then about a month ago, I thought to myself, you know what? I think, I think we've maybe lived in these verses long enough. Our season maybe is over in those and right about that time, this is about a month ago, we got this surprise delivery to our house. It was a gift from some of our friends, and it totally, totally unexpected, totally blew us away. And I pulled, you know, back the shipping box, and, and then I saw this picture, and I read this. Now to him who was able to do, here it is, immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. And I thought to myself, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. Our season is not over. We will keep going in this, right? I'm getting it, Lord. Keep asking immeasurably more. This hangs now five feet from our kitchen table. Why? Because it's this reminder to us. God, you are the God of immeasurably more. And Lord, we don't want to downsize who you are. We want to lean in to who you are. And now I want you to notice this though. These words come at the very end of the prayer. And so what I want us to do is this. I want us to go back to the beginning of the prayer, and I want us to see everything that leads up to this moment, this crescendo moment, where Paul says, now this is the kind of God that we worship. What we're going to see this morning is the Apostle Paul is going to give us the reason and really, I think, the motivation. Why would you ask God for more? Why would you, why would you imagine immeasurably more? Why would you seek God why would you want to worship the God of immeasurably more? I'll be honest with you. I need the God of immeasurably more in my life. I need that kind of God. 
I need a God who can repair brokenness. I need the kind of God that can meet me in my sin and help me. I need the God of immeasurably more. And so he begins the same way. And and if you look in chapter 1 now, look with me at verse 14. um, Or verse 14, sorry, of our passage for today. But but it's the same exact thing that he did in chapter 1. He begins this prayer by saying this, three important words. He says, for this reason... And to the readers of Scripture, to you and I, that's like a soft pitch, right? It's just coming in really slow. And here's what that means. It gives us an opportunity. It helps us know, okay, what he's already said is very, very important. Right up to this point where he says, and for this reason. Because this, what he's done already for us is he's laid the foundation. And he's telling us now, this is why. All of that is why I'm now going to pray for you the way that I'm going to pray for you. And so if you look back now, look in chapter 2, verse, starting in verse 4, this is the foundation. This is why Paul leads us to a verse like that. Verse 4 says this. He's going to tell us about who we are, and he's going to tell us about who our great God is. So in verse 4 he says, because of his, Jesus Christ, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Have you ever deserved punishment but you got mercy? Don't you love that? (laughs) Our kids love that. Dad, can I have grace, mercy, right? God who is rich, like he doesn't lack it. He's rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our transgressions, meaning that there was a time that you and I were over here and God in his holiness was over here and we were dead in our transgressions. There was a gap between us and the holiness of our great God and that's where Jesus Christ came in, paid a penalty that only he could pay. It says this, and even when we were dead in our sin and our transgression, it says, it is by grace that you have been saved. Other world religions say, you know what, if you want to be right with God, then you just need to try harder. Christianity says you cannot try hard enough. You need the grace of God. He goes on, he says, and God raised us up with Christ and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus And then it says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us. That's your standing before God. God expresses his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. It's not what you can do, but it's what he has already done. It's what you receive from him. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, aren't you glad about this? God prepared in advance for us to do. So think about this, all these things about who we are and our relationship to God. And then he goes on in chapter 3, verse 12. It says, in him and in, through faith in him, This is beautiful. We may approach God with freedom and confidence. You don't have to be afraid to approach your heavenly father. You approach him with freedom. You approach him with confidence. Paul writes this, because of all of those things, because of his grace, because he's called you, because of his kindness, because you've been saved, because once you were dead in your transgressions, but now you're alive in Christ. Because of all of this, Paul says, for this reason... I get on my knees. For this reason, I kneel. And I think it's important this morning, picture the Apostle Paul, once a murderer of Christians. 
He's now on his knees petitioning God for the good of Christians. And he says this, I kneel before the Father. And this is the kind of father he is. The kind of father that from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. Paul is saying that I'm serious. I'm, this is such, there's a lot at stake here. I'm on my knees before you. And I'm on my knees before the kind of father that's the father of all families. He's the creator of everyone. And then we get to verse 16. And the prayer really begins. And he says this. I pray that out of his glorious riches. Let me ask, have you ever gotten a gift from somebody that had a lot of capacity? That's pretty cool, isn't it? You're, you're, you're talking to somebody that has a lot of capacity to give a good gift, and they say to you, hey, I'd like to give you a gift. That's a good day, right? Think about this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that, think about the, the grandness of God, out of his glorious riches that he may, he wants to give this to you, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, in your inner being, the core of who you are, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul's saying this, I want you to experience the powerful relationship with Jesus Christ that is not something that's distant, but it's vibrant. Whenever we see that word know in the scriptures, and we'll see it in that passage today, it means to know him intimately. It means to have experiences with God. Not at all religious. Jesus was opposed to religion. But Paul's saying this, I want you to experience the powerful, vibrant relationship, nothing shallow, nothing casual about it. And then he keeps going. And again, just picture him, the Apostle Paul on his knees before God, petitioning him for these people that he loves. And he says this, and I pray that you might be rooted. I pray that, you know, I think of a, a huge, powerful oak tree can withstand any storm and just the root system of that kind of a tree. I pray that you may be rooted, that kind of strong strength and established, firm in love. I pray that you might have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp, to, to try to get your mind around to really be able to try to comprehend how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Paul's saying, I want you just to be able to grasp the goodness of who God is. Because of who you are in Christ, for this reason I write to you. And my prayer for you is that you'll be able to grasp how wide and high and deep and long is the love of Christ. And then he says this, verse 19, very important. He says, and beyond just grasping it, I want you to know, and again, not just like head knowledge, no, not that, not just that. I want you to know, I want you to live in relationship with the God who loves you. I want you to know this love that surpasses knowledge, like a love that's beyond what you can comprehend. Church, don't let that just float over your head. God loves you in a way that you can't comprehend. Sometimes I'll, I'll say to my kids, I say, how much do I love you? And they'll say, so much. And the youngest just likes to mess with me, so he says, not so much, you know. But they know, so the answer is so much. But here's the thing, the Lord's saying to you, I love you beyond what you can even know, what surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled to the, the measure of all of the fullness of God. And basically that last kind of, I think, confusing statement there, it basically means this, is that the world would know that you've been with God. That you'd be filled to the full measure of God and so that when people look at you, they see God. So that when people see your actions, they go, something's different. 
That they, when people experience you, they experience what it would be like to be next to, in, in part, the God who you love. And so Paul lays all of that out. And then he gets to this place where he says this. It's kind of the crescendo moment. It's verse 20. And I love the progression of this text. Because I think you would agree that oftentimes when, when God draws us near and when we be, begin to draw near to God, the thing particularly for a new Christian that draws us near to God is what we can get from God. Right? We come to God and we say, God, I have given you the hand all of my life and I need forgiveness. And so I repent and I've gone this way, I repent, I just simply, I'm going to turn, I'm going to go this way now. And God, I need this from you, I need your grace, I need your love, things I've never experienced before. But isn't it true that the longer that you walk with Jesus Christ, the more then that that begins to, to flip a little bit and you begin to ask questions like this, God, what can you do through me for you? Not God, what can you just do for me, but God, what can you do through me for you? God, how can my life bring you honor? Lord, how can the people around me know that I'm associated with you? Lord, how can the people around me find you because they found me? Lord, how can you bring honor to yourself through my life? So he says this in verse 20. He says, now, in light of who you are, in light of the magnitude of the love of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, and all that we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Notice this, this power, it is, it is, like if you're a Christian, the power is at work within you. It's like you're on that motorcycle and you have the choice. Will you hit the throttle and will you experience the power or will you slow down? But the power's there, right? That power is within us, it's there. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The power of God, Paul says, it's immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine. And I want to ask you this morning, have you ever noticed that you rarely get what you don't ask for? But oftentimes when you ask for something, even something big, you sometimes get surprised that you get it. Have you ever had that experience? You know, this verse really captures my heart for us as a church because I really believe that God wants us as a group of people, as people that he dearly loves. I mean, the Apostle Paul would have been on his knees for you praying this kind of a prayer. And I believe that the, that the, that the, that the God that we worship would want us to be a people that he would say, I want you to press in for more. I want you to seek more of me. I want you to have more of me. I want you to see in your generation maybe some of the greatest works of God that any generation has ever seen. I want you to see me do things in your city and in your world. I want you to see me do things in the four walls of your home that maybe are beyond what you could ask for or imagine. I want you to stay in that career, actually, that I've got you in because I want to use you there. I think... This verse captures my heart so much because I believe our God wants us to ask for more, to seek him, to press in. Yesterday, we were at uh, my son, he's in first grade, our youngest, and we were at his first basketball game. And to understand the setting a little bit, I asked Christina, I said, Christina, aren't they going to practice before they have their first game? And she said, no, there's some scheduling conflicts, so it's just like game day right away. 
And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, it's going to be pretty, right? And so we showed up, and, and sure enough, you know, the kids are just meeting each other for the first time and meeting the coach, and, and that lasted all of the 30 seconds that we had to get that done. And, and so, so now, like, it's game time, and, and the whistle blows, and, and they're playing, and, and bless these little guys' hearts, they're trying to figure out what to do and what basket to run to and what's a block and what is a block and all this kinds of, you know, this, this stuff. And, and Christina and I, we were, we were kind of getting into it. Have you ever sat by the annoying parent that is way too into their child's game? Have you ever been that parent? I have, yesterday. And at one point, our daughter looked at my wife, and she said, she grabbed her arm, and she said, Mom, she said, you've got to calm down. <laughs> she, she said, these kids don't have a clue what they're doing out there. And so about 10 minutes later, I was, I was telling Ethan, because you sit literally inches from the edge of the court, and he was right there, and he was on the defense, and this boy had the ball. And I said, Ethan, steal the ball. Take the ball. Take the ball from him. It's okay to steal here. Like, take the ball. It's your ball. Take the ball. Whoever wants it, gets it. Take the ball. And Ashton, like, graciously reached across to her mom, grabbed my arm, and she said, Dad, you are embarrassing me now. <laughs> and then she said to me, she said, Dad, this is not the NBA. And I said, I think it's the KNBA for kids, right? And I said, go, Easton, go. And I kept going at it. But here's the thing. We just wanted them to experience more. We just saw these kids and we knew if they just had a little more direction, they would know which way to run. We just knew that, okay, if you dribble, the, he won't blow the whistle. And if you take a shot, it's better than no shot. And so we just wanted more for them. And here's what I think is so true of our God. I think our God looks at us and he just wants to cheer us on. And he wants to say, I want more for you if you'll take more of me. Because I'm not just some God out there who's just casually wanting to associate with his children. But I want to know you in an intimate way. And I want you to know me in that way because I'm the God of immeasurably more. So stop praying small prayers. Pray big prayers. Who have you stopped praying for, church? What have you given up on? What might God even just say to you this morning? He might take you back to it and say, you used to be passionate about that. What dream have you tossed aside? What book are you supposed to write? What group are you supposed to lead, even though that's scary? What are you supposed to step into that would allow you to experience immeasurably more beyond what you can ask or imagine? Because that's the kind of God that we worship. What seems impossible to you? The kind of God that we worship allows us to step in, to lean in. There's this writer, her name is Cheryl Forbes, and she said that imaginative people live with, she said they live with, live what-if lives, meaning this, that they respond to ideas and events with a what-if attitude. Uh, they behave in what-if ways, like this. Well, what if God could? Well, what if God does still want to rescue my wayward child? Well, what if God can release me from the shame and guilt that I feel. Well, what if God does want me to start what I've always dreamed of starting? Well, God, what, if, what if God doesn't want me to go, but he actually wants me to stay? And what if 
God has me here for a reason, and he wants to impact someone else's eternity through my life. What if what I don't think is possible in my neighborhood, God could actually make possible? What if? If you look at the scriptures, you see ordinary people that said what if kinds of things to an immeasurably more God. I mean, they had to. I mean, I think of Abraham. I mean, in his old age, he must have had that moment when he said to God, okay, God, well, what if God could take Sarah and I, a blessed people, a blessed family, and what if God could make a great nation to be a blessing to others? What if God could do that? In his fear, Moses, think about this. I think Moses must have had this moment where he said, overwhelmed with fear, what if God really could override Pharaoh? And what if God... Believe it or not, what if God truly does want to deliver his people from slavery and actually wants to take them into the promised land? And what if, what if I could be a part of that? I mean, imagine the shepherd boy David out in the field. I think he had to have that moment when he said, well, what if? Well, what if God does want to allow me to have my, the skill of my hand blessed here for a minute and to take over this giant that's defiling the name of my God. What if God will protect me? I think of those three vulnerable exiles, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had to have said to God, what if the God can deliver us from this evil king that's going to put us in a fiery furnace? But what if God could deliver us on the other side completely unscathed? What if? What seems out of reach to you? What if you just, instead of taking your hand off the throttle, you shifted into third gear, to fourth gear, and you cranked on the throttle, and you realized that the power of God is accessible to you? It says that right in the text. It is not if it can happen. It is, the, the idea is this. The power of God, it's there. It's will we tap into it. What would immeasurably more mean for you? Is it believing that God can do something that you've written off, that you don't believe that he can? Maybe you're a brand new follower of Christ, and the thing that you need to hear this morning is this, that God can give you the strength to continue on in your new faith, even though your family might have serious consequences for you. What if you continued? What if you persevered? What miracle might God do in your life? What if? What, what if you took a step of courage? You know, some of you... And, and I, f I feel for you in this because for some of you, the immeasurably more is this, is, is that you would accept the will of God because, because some of you are in circumstances that you cannot stand and you would do anything to get them changed. But what if instead of trying to flee from them, you actually embrace them trusting God and you actually pointed people to the God of immeasurably more? I believe God would honor that kind of perseverance if you trusted him in that. What if? You know, on your seat this morning, you got a, a pen. So why don't you take that out? There should have been one there when you came in. It's our free gift to you. Uh, glad you came to church. Um, I want to ask you to do something with this just for one week, seven days. And then you can put this in your junk drawer with all your other pens in your kitchen. Do you have a junk drawer? Anyone? Just us. All right. Well, I, we got one. Okay. Here's what I want you to do with this pen. I want you to ask God this question. Lord, what is the immeasurably more story that you want to write in my life? Lord, what's the thing that I've given up on? That God, if, if, if you're writing this story, you could actually make happen. 
And I just want you to put this in a place where you'll see it, maybe in your car, maybe in the bathroom sink somewhere, and you just go to God and don't say, God, can you? Because God already said he could. But say, God, would you? Or, or say, God, what is the immeasurably more story? And maybe you know, maybe even you can jot it right down right now. You'd say, oh, for me, marriage, boom, that's it, immeasurably more. That's where I need you, God. That's where I'm going to trust you. That's where I'm going to lean in, and I'm going to ask, and I'm going to imagine things that are beyond my knowledge because your love is that good, and that's the kind of God that you are. Maybe do you have that thing already? Maybe it's somebody that you continue, you begin to pray for again. You've given up on them. But would you do that? And then I want to close this way, and we, um, we did this last week with the prayer that we looked at in chapter 1, and, and we personalized this prayer that Paul wrote in chapter 3. And so we're going to put this up on the screens, and I, I just want us to read this uh, together, okay? Um, so I'll read it actually to you, and you pray this kind of in your heart, okay? Um, it says this, for this reason, Paul writes this, for this reason, he says, I kneel before the Father from whom every family, get this, every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then Paul, make this personal, church, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen me with power through his spirit in my inner being so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. And I pray that I will be rooted and established in love, that I may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know experientially, to know this love that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that I ask or imagine according not to my power but to your power, God, that is at work within me, to him, to you, Lord, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And now, church, take the pen in your hand like this. Palm up to God and just say, Lord, I pray in the next seven days that you would remind me of what it means to worship an immeasurably more God. And Lord, I pray that we would come to you this week and we would say, well, what if? I might have written that off. I might have said, well, yeah, but if you only knew... But let's go back to that statement, Lord, and let's just say, we want to say to you, the good God, the good Father, we want to say, well, what if? What if that's what you long for us? Lord, we pray this in Christ's name. We love you. And we thank